Welcome to the Pop This Podcast. I'm Jordan Edwards. My guest today is Wax Taylor. He's a French DJ known for his love of vinyl and eclectic mix of samples. He's collaborated with the likes of Aloe Black, Ghostface Killa, and the late great Sharon Jones. He's joining me from his home studio in France, where he's currently working on a new album. First, how have you been faring? I feel like you're probably, you know, given your your background and what you do for a living, that you're probably used to being in a room by yourself for long periods of time. First of all, I'm, I just got to say I'm sorry for my awful English. Sometimes I'm searching for my words. Uh, it's not my first language. So, um, but but this thing we are, this period we're in is a uh, very special and uh, the process about music. I'm sure you've heard about some people and different different feeling about that. Some people were like, uh, it's very, uh, it's a good inspiration. And for others, it was more like uh, not easy being locked like that and everything that happened. So for me, it was more um, um, a first period, like the, the first days were very tough. And then I just tried to focus about trying to be creative and positive and, uh, and go back to the process. And that's, that's what happened. The, sh- the, the, the name of the next album is The, the Shadow of Their Sons. Uh, for me, there is a lot of entrance about this title. It's a lot about uh, it's it's a kind of political angle. But when I say political, it's not like a um, politician one, like you know, like just the political uh, political in um, in the the sense of um, uh, the life of the people and uh, the 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 world we live in. And um, I've been very concerned about a lot of things for a long time. And uh, I used to be an MC in a rap band a long, long time ago. What we used to say, to call a, a whack MC. Yeah, it took me a long time to realize that, but yeah, I've done it. <laughs> but more seriously, I was writing and it was most of the time very political. And maybe with my wax tail project, people were more uh, less uh, aware about that. And um, this album, I wanted to go back, not to uh, consciousness, because I've always been concerned about the world and everything, but just wanted to go back to... Uh, an angle about that but in the same time the risk for me is that i really don't want to be uh giving lessons to people you know uh this is the worst when you're an artist because who are you exactly i mean I, you know i'm not like the uh, greatest specialist to talk about this or that but i got a feeling about the world and i just try to translate it with music with notes with everything with sensations and i think that um the the heart and music and whatever you use uh, the only thing we can do is just help people to be more uh, conscious in a certain way, like um, uh, like giving a kind of uh, artistical alert about uh, the world and the world we live in. And I really believe that um, we live in a world where it's for some people, and I won't develop that, but for some people it's, it's good to think that people are sleeping. And uh, I think that heart is something that can help people to wake up sometimes. That's it. No more, no, nothing less, nothing more. So this album is going to be a, not like a giving lessons once again, just knowing that probably some people, they will listen to this album and say uh, it's great. And some, they will say it's awful. Uh, but in both cases, that maybe they'll say like, oh, was it about politics? Because I haven't catch anything. And that's okay. Uh, because at the end, it's still music. So I'm cool with people just focusing about music. And I'm just happy when people just cap- capture something else. Like, okay, you wanted to involve something else about the music. That's it. What is the? What can people expect in terms of the musical style of this album? What kind of sounds, what kind of beats compared to your previous albums? 
same bullshit as usual like this guy is doing the same thing for 15 years now <laughs> no i mean I, i'm saying i'm saying it like a joke but you know it's it's always complicated um um it's like uh, the concept of the elastical for me like i'm in a process in a studio and i'm just trying to push the limits as far as possible from what I've done before. And when I'm in the process, I, I always feel like I'm doing something so different from what I've done before. I think it's a bit more melancholic maybe than uh, the last one, even if the first single is not melancholic at all. Um, but the, the very first, uh, let's say the single zero, the, the light track that I, I, I released last year was darker. So there is different kind of moods. And uh, I, I, I've tried to inject different things in the production i i, I would uh, I, I won't lie i won't say like oh it's so new and all that i just think i, I i'm happy when people s feel the difference you know but I, I i don't i don't have such a problem when they just like the music because for me it's more about like making sure it's good music you have had storylines in your albums before you you've used vocal samples from different things and then you directed this short documentary that's on your YouTube channel, the um, Invite and We Trust. So do you find yourself inspired by the movies when you're making an album? Do you have a favorite director? Um, I could talk for, 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 for hours about that, but uh, Stanley Kubrick is beyond everything. And then there's a lot of uh, directors in, in different periods that I really appreciate uh, for different reasons. I would say that... Um, um, uh, Quentin Tarantino is uh, probably another one for another reason. For me, he's the one that is a he's a DJ. That's what I can say about him. Like he's a DJ. He's a digger. He's a he's a digger. Like uh, if he if he was making music, I'm sure he would make some some great music like Reza or something like that. Do you still go crate digging for for vinyl, or do you buy it all online? I mean, at this point, you know the way people exchange records now. How do you get your new vinyl? Uh, actually, two, two, two kind of uh, f for everything new, honestly, online, like uh, that, that's something I'm doing right now. Like uh, I'm like everybody, like I, I love to um, the uh, streaming platforms are great just to discover everything uh, or SoundCloud or whatever. I use that. Like, I'm not like uh, the Jurassic guy saying, no, no fucking way. But you still collect vinyl, right? Of course I do. Yeah. But the thing is that for me, it's interesting to, you know, you, you, you're on Friday, you just check the news. Uh, the, the new release and everything and then one at one point there is an album like not like one track two tracks just an album if like wow this is a great album so for me this is the moment I feel like okay I, I want to buy this vinyl because for me I feel like in five years I'll be like what, what, what were the great albums for 2020 and I'll feel like just check your vinyls you know <laughs> so for, for the for the new release that's how I proceed but for everything like uh, secondhand and everything like that no, I, I still love to go in, uh, in places and dig for, for vinyls. And uh, I can stay like, uh, uh, I'm not bored with that. Like I know I, I still got vinyls I haven't listened to. And uh, I've, I've buy some, some, some vinyls maybe five, six years ago. And I just feel like, shit, this, this bag, I still need to, to check for that. I don't have time, but I still do it. It's, like, it's, it's a habit. It's an obsession. Do you have any estimate on how many records you have right now? How many records you own? No, I don't know. Maybe actually, probably not like such a huge one, two thousand something. I don't know. But uh, compared to some big diggers, probably not like the more impressive. And the other point is that is that I've, I'm coming from the 
the um, one box uh, culture. You know, I, I'll never be like, okay, I've buy this uh, uh, very uh, collector edition for 500 bucks. I feel like, um, no, no, I, I can't be like that. I really like the the, the, the fact that it's, it's still reasonable. So I don't have like, I got a few records that got a, a good price now, but the moment I, I paid the, those vinyl, it was not the price. <laughs> you mentioned your, your earlier incarnation with the rap group, with the rap band. How did that come about? Like, first of all, you weren't raised. Are you in Paris now? You're based in Paris or? I'm based in Normandy, like about an hour from. Okay. And and you grew up around there, right? You didn't grow up. Yeah. So growing up in Normandy, what kind of stuff were you exposed to? How did you go from a kid in Normandy to a person who was really into hip hop culture and, and vinyl records? Accident. Uh, a great accident, a lucky accident. Life is about those kind of accidents. I try to make it short, but when I was like seven, eight years old, I was doing some gymnastic. I was really into that. And you can imagine that there is a big link with the breakdance music. If you sure. do that, you can. And um, I had no idea about what was this culture. And that was a kind of fashion happening at this period, like uh, just before, like. Uh, uh, um, a rocket from uh, L.B. Hancock and uh, and more uh, commercial uh, um, street dance and all that. And um, a few kids older at this period were in, in my neighborhood, they were doing this, like I say doing this, like this thing that I had no idea what it was. And uh, I remember I just came in because I was doing some gymnastic and probably they were impressed because, uh, you know, older kids, meaning like they were probably 14, 15 and say, hey, this kid is doing it because because I was doing gymnastics for, for me it was easy. So I just came into this and then I had no idea, no link with the music. I talk about eight years, eight years old. So I just, the second entrance was probably 86, um, UTFO, uh, Run DMC, uh, LA Cool J. And um, it's just all, always a story about like an older guy, like the, 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 your friend's brother or something like that who's older and is, is into this. And, um, and uh, in 88, I had the, the opportunity to go in the UK and I met one DJ and uh, I w- went back with a lot of tapes and I was, uh, that was the, the sickness. I was into it. Like that, that was the, the revelation at this period. I was listening to very different kind of stuff. Like uh, I was really into like uh, Iron Maiden or this kind of things, you know, very different kind of mood. Yeah. And I've just had this meeting with this culture. I just jump into it. Like I really wanted to... Uh, for, for people of this period, it, it, we were really involved into the culture. It was not about, I want to do some music or it was just being part of the hip hop culture. And you mentioned, you, you talked about your early days as an, as an MC, a, a whack MC, as you put it. Yeah, um, whack MC, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you, you started the, the Wax Taylor project. You know, you were in your, your, your late 20s when that mm-hmm. happened and that's what made you famous. So... How did you get from being a whack MC and you're like, hey, you know what? I need to change the, I need to change it up and and then Wax Taylor came along. So tell me about that evolution. You mean from from whack, whack MC to Wack Taylor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that the the process is kind of long because uh, I had my first sampler in '94. Uh, I was 19 and. Um, from the very beginning, I've begun to make some beats and some beats were like, this is for my rap and some other were, were slower, 
uh, deeper and I was like, okay, I can do, I'll, I'll just keep it like a, for fun, like instrumental thing. And I had no idea what I was doing. I was just thinking nobody's doing this, like for me at this period. And then I've, I've begun to listen to uh, uh, guys like uh, DJ Crush who was like, wow, or oh, some guys are doing it. Like, so it can happen. And I was also doing um, some, yeah, very melancholic and slower things. And I got to say that Portishead and the first album was like a big shock to me. Like, wow. You know, like you, you just hear a dummy and you feel like this is exactly what I'd like to do, but I will never be able to do this kind of quality music. But I was like, it's, it was another revel uh, revelation, like, wow. And so it was a, a long process about like, just being fed up with the strictly hip hop that I was doing. And just at one point thinking, what, why am I supposed to um, separate things like that? I just want to be uh, myself. Like in me, it's not only like, um, I'm not like 100% uh, what is supposed to be trip hop or what is supposed to be breakbeat or what is supposed to be that. I'm just a mixture of all those elements. And, and also you said like I was in my late 20 and sometimes you can say like, oh, uh, it took a long time to people to realize or do things. But no, I think I was just slow. I was slow about the process and I was not so good and probably and um, it took me time to uh, to be myself and um, and find uh, what I wanted to express. How I how I became introduced to you was through the um, was through the uh, Dusty Rainbow from the Dark album. And I discovered it through Spotify when I first got Spotify. You know, I had one of my friends was a big DJ Shadow fan when I was in college and he also listened to you, but I didn't really pay attention. But then that album was really caught my attention. It had this really great sound, some really ha, has some of your most memorable tracks. What do you remember about putting that together? Now it's been almost 10 years about that period and making an album that had a storyline that had a concept. This album, like Dusty Rainbow from the Dark, is probably my more uh, personal. Uh, uh, this is not the kind of album you can do. Uh, I, I mean, probably some people can, but uh, I needed um, more uh, experience. Uh, I really wanted to uh, consider it like really like uh, I, I was already doing this, but really like a um, music director, like uh, with a vision and everything. and. Um, uh, I wanted the allegory uh, of a story to tell my relation with the music and the vinyl and everything. So uh, I was trying to uh, bring it into uh, the concept, the story, but also the, the because at, at the end, the story is easy and um, it was a good, good process. But still, if you don't have yours, like I was saying earlier, it's, it's all about the music. If you got a great story or a good story or whatever, and you don't have the mood around that, it, it won't work. So for me, it was really an album I was completely focused about like the texture and everything and making sure it, it, it was like a paint, uh, um, being a painter, like just making sure that it, it's a light camera action. That's exactly how I wanted to make it and make sure that from the, the beginning of the album, from the end, uh, you uh, were not getting outside of the album i know that you were you, you, it's funny because you said you discovered this album with the spotify and spotify or uh, any uh streaming platform it's it's all about like playlists and uh, checking a few tracks and i know and i'm doing it too like like everybody but i still love the idea that sometimes you just want to listen to one album so this album especially i really wanted to some people at some moment just to feel like let's play this album 
I, I am a photographer. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. And I'm curious about the In Wax We Trust documentary on your YouTube channel, which I recommend anyone to go to, uh, to, to watch. In that film, you interview a bunch of different record store owners about the record industry and what it takes to keep that alive. And you really concentrated a lot on uh, record store owners in the South, in the American South, in North Carolina. What interested you about record store owners in the South, in that area, as opposed to just interviewing people in big cities in New York or L.A.? There is kind of a special situation in the U.S. if you compare it to uh, Europe or France. Uh, we got some, we still got like the big stores like you used to have, like Virgin and all that. And I don't say that uh, as a, such a good thing because the, the, the thing is that it was more complicated for independent record stores to uh, stay alive in France because we still have those things. In the U.S., you got some more uh, record stores. Um, independent and all that. So uh, the question about why this instead of that, it's very, um, uh, it's just an opportunity. Like uh, 2015, when I've done this uh, this movie, uh, I've been offered to uh, do a tour in the US. And uh, it was kind of special because I was special guest on the tour. And, um, you know, this is the, the thing that never happened when you're touring headline and uh, you feel like uh, you get so much to do. You get your musician, you get everything to deal with and you're busy all the time. And I knew that for one time I would have like extra time. And so I just used like the, the schedule of this tour and be like, does it make sense to do it during this tour? And uh, I've tried to build it around and see how it could uh, happen. Because to be honest with you, it was very interesting for me because that was the first experience about a movie documentary, something that I really uh, like and I'd like to develop in the future if I get the, the chance to do. I'm happy and proud about this documentary. I still feel a lot of uh, things I would do differently, and uh, and 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 I would have loved to go in California too, in South, and do this and that, and and have a different angle and some more material to do it. But still, it was interesting because for me, those guys like uh, they're in direct contact with people, and when we talk about the music uh, nowadays, like 2015 or 2020, or uh, it's always about A and R talking, explaining from desk in New York, Paris, Berlin, whatever, how it works and explain you how people think. And I, and I just feel it's no disrespect, but I just feel like, how do you know? You're never in contact. <laughs> You're disconnected. And those people, they talk every day with some people who, who just love the music and talk and all that. So I, I just wanted to know and also know the the not only like the good aspect like oh it's great we love music but also like the very complicated things about like having a business and how it, it is and all those elements for me were very interesting that's what i loved about it. i loved that you did an interview with a guy and i can't recall what record store or what state but he was talking about how when cds came out in the mid 80s all these people were were unloading all their all their vinyl and he stockpiled all this vinyl because no one wanted it um, i think it was jerry's yeah it was jerry's yeah yeah yeah. So tell me why you went, what, what about, how did you, how did you go about asking those questions to get those answers? What, why did you concentrate on the business side rather than just like the love of, of records? Like a lot of people do. Because it's too easy. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, you know, talking about love about vinyls, it's like a, a, a Disney version. Like, Oh, it's so good. We're all friends and it's, it's a great world. And I love it. I, 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 I own a, a record store and I wake up and have some coffee and, and uh, 
you know, and it's great and everything is great. No, it's complicated. It's like you're a musician on the road uh, and people say, are oh, you so lucky? And yes, we are. But we also got like all the the shitty days and everything, the, the, the dark side of everything. So it's always interesting because if the guy talks to you about the business and everything that is complicated and, and all that, you just realize that in the same time, whatever, he's still doing it. He could say, fuck that, I'm doing something else, but he's still doing it. So for me, it's just about the balance and feeling that the patient is here and stronger than the problems and everything. I remember I was in a, uh, in Twin City in Minneapolis and uh, um, the girl I met owning uh, a record store, she was just saying like she was a, 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 a kind of neighbor store like people were coming and there was a, a coffee just at the corner and the, they got a, a common door and it was just about like community. And she was explaining that and she had a, a, a job before that. They were, um, she was a teacher and she just quit to buy the, and you know, those stories, those stories for me, for me, it's just great. It's just about what, I mean, life is just about all that. How do you feel about the status of vinyl right now at this moment in 2020? Everybody. Everybody talk about like the revival and everything. Okay, let's be honest. No filter with that. I'm not so sure about that. I'd love, I'd love it to be for every for for a long time. Or I just feel that it's it, there is all, all, always like um, uh, a latency. Yeah, a latency about like the moment people say the the vinyl's back. I feel like it was five years ago. You haven't checked for that, but uh, it was growing and it was there and it just just came back and. Um, I just think that um, there is kind of backbone. Yeah, a backbone of people who are really into it. And whatever the fashion goes, um, they'll still they'll still feel like I want to have my vinyl. I'm I'm really into that. I just I just think that's probably about to be a go slower and have like less people interested in the vinyl it's it's i shouldn't say that because you know i don't i don't want to i i'd love if if in five years i realize i was wrong i'll be so happy i'll be so happy but i just feel like cds it's very very complicated i mean it's just uh it's not sexy for the but you know like it's not sexy for now but same i wouldn't uh bury the the, the cds because we got tapes now we got some tapes people are into the tape thing so i feel like we, who knows? Personally, I just think it's it's it. I'm not so much into this because I just feel like, what is the interest? What is the point about that? I'm a... I have to ask, and all the vinyl nerds would 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 uh, get mad at me for not asking. What is your home studio setup like? What is your process when you're making music now? Because I see I can see some stuff behind you. It's an audio recording, but I can see some stuff behind you. Yeah. So you got a you got a, a, a keyboard next to you. You've got um, some landline phones and some turntables. Wow, um, this is something else. So tell me about uh, tell me about your home studio setup and and how you work day to day. Okay, I got my old my old friend ASL ten from Ensonic uh, that I bought in '94. Like I said, like my first sampler. I still use it. I don't use it the same way. I like best of both worlds, like uh, the technology. I'm a big geek about uh, new plugins uh, and everything like that. I'm not the kind of guy saying like uh, all, um, you know, analog, analog everything and uh, old stuff. I don't say it's 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 not a judgment. It's just me. I just like the the mixture of of both worlds. Like I use my sampler like um, 
uh, a texture machine because there is no plugin that can bring me that. Like, so I, I can use like vinyls, uh, sample on vinyls. I use 90, 95% of what I'm sampling is vinyls. And then uh, I just go through my old sampler, but then I, I bring it back to uh, some new software and, and uh, new tools because we're in 2020 and I would be really stupid to, uh, to use like a, a time stretch from 95, you know, like things that I could take hours when I can have like, like that. Uh, and it doesn't affect the, the quality of the sound. So it's, it's a lot about that. I just try to mix those things, keep the, um, the, the different layers the, the, the analog world can bring best and then uh, just had to eat like the flavor of 2020 with the, the best plugins we can have. I'm, I'm really excited about those two things. Like uh, I, I would be a liar saying like uh, I'm completely in the old uh, way of doing things. No, I love the, the, new, the new stuff too. And so when, when is the new album coming out? If, if, I, if I'm working well this, this summer, it's supposed to be for January, January 2021. Okay, great, great. Looking forward to it. And I will let you go. Thank you so much for talking to me and good luck putting the album together. I can't imagine your process. It must be such a long process, but um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Pop Dust Podcast. I'm Jordan Edwards. You can find me at jordanedwardsstudio.com or on Instagram at Jordan Edwards Studio. And check out the latest in pop culture, music, and entertainment at popdust.com. <laughs>